0: Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food
1: With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Elena Ortiz of Phoenix College to talk about her experience with nature education for adults. Elena has been teaching with Phoenix College Biosciences Department in the Maricopa County Community College System for 11 years. She has taught environmental biology and general biology for majors. Her newest class is Plants and Society, a basic botany course for non majors As part of teaching this class, she brings her personal interest for gardening into the classroom. She says the garden is a great place to introduce or reintroduce students to nature and ecology. Elena has a Ph.D. in plant biology from Arizona State University, a Master of Science in biology from the University of Puerto Rico, and a Bachelor of Arts in biology from the University of California in Santa Cruz. Her interests in ecology and gardening were both heavily influenced by her maternal grandfather, who was a family doctor and gentleman farmer in Puerto Rico who retired on his farm. As a young girl, she would follow him around as he would spend the day working on projects in his garden, and orchid collection, or his farm. She credits him for most of the knowledge of natural history of Puerto Rico that she still remembers today. Welcome to the show today, Elena. Hi, Greg. Thanks for being here. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you are now?
2: Sure. Yeah, I um. I've always really enjoyed being outside, and and, um, like I said, I used to spend lots of time with my grandfather out on the farm. And followed that interest in school, I I liked biology, I I considered being an environmental lawyer or something like that. I just kept following my interests, I guess. So uh, in college, I studied biology and um, a little bit of chemistry, uh, kind of veered a little bit towards that, and then veered back to being outside chemists spend a lot of time indoors. So that was not interesting to me. (laughs) And yeah, um, yeah, and I just kept following, following that interest and just spending time outdoors.
0: Yeah. So you ended up with a bachelor's from uh, Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, it's a University of California at Santa Cruz. And I was just there recently. That is an amazing place to grow food.
2: It is. They did not have quite the same operation that they have now mm-hmm. when i was there yeah
0: so how did you get from puerto rico to santa cruz i'm curious about that
2: oh it's just where i happened to pick to go to college yeah. i guess um yeah I, I i like their philosophy there was there was no grades which kind of appealed to me at the oh. time <laughs> no yeah. kidding yeah. yeah 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 no
0: kidding
1: yeah
0: well cool and then then you and i i i, I have a caveat for everybody you and i went to school together at arizona state university in the early i guess they're calling it the aughts these days in (laughs) 2001 2000 2003 that's when we met and um, did some classes together so yeah i remember those and so I, i was kind of back there then when you were still kind of figuring out where you wanted to go and and you ended up at phoenix college and you've been in the biosciences department the whole time right
2: Yes, yeah, I've been here for 11 years, right after ASU.
0: Cool. And, and you, you brought all of that curiosity and all that education to play in, in the biosciences department to talk, really to connect people with the outdoors and the outdoor education. So tell me about your outdoor education program that you run there.
2: So I currently I'm the advisor for the garden club. So we have an after-school club um, in the gardens. I also, um, the course I teach, we spend um, most of the semester out in the garden. So the students, each group of students in my class actually grows a, a small plot of food. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They really get a kick out of that.
0: No kidding. So what kind of difference does that make make for them?
2: You know, I, I guess my favorite is when a student comes back and says, I didn't know you could grow this. I didn't know you could grow anything in Arizona. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, or... You know, it's just so nice outside today. Right. Even when it's 100 degrees out, they can see that in the garden. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I get a
2: kick out of that, yeah.
0: I have this memory of you and I working together in the garden at uh, the Farm at South Mountain. Yeah. In 108 degrees in August. <laughs>
2: so
0: <laughs> so why, why is this thing of connecting people with the outdoors important, especially these days?
2: Well, yeah, actually, I did my Ph.D. in... Um, Ecology and and environmental science and spend a lot of time in some really beautiful places. Um, Mm -hmm. I got to go to Costa Rica and and you see these really remote places and and a lot of people working really hard to try to save these really remote um, places. But if people don't have a connection to that at all, it's just really difficult work. It it just made me realize how, how important it is for people to just be connected to the nature that's right outside their window as yeah. opposed to the nature that's you know across the world, I used to watch tons of nature documentaries as a kid. I still enjoy them today
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um,
2: but it's not it's not the same connection you make with something that 's right outside your door that you do you know with something across the world yeah, yeah
0: exactly so and i and I think one of the more important things and i you know I look at technolo- the technology of today the smartphones and the iPads and the you know, sitting in front of the technology, and I wonder um, how our young people are going to successfully transition from technology and and being brought up with this technology literally in their face to being connected back to nature. And so, I'll bet you have to deal with that a lot because you're dealing with you're teaching young people, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I teach everything from straight out of high school through you know retirees coming uh-huh. back for. For more education, um, and uh, you know, there's some things that I've noticed about students with their electronics, and and there's there's a lot of research out there, people talking about whether they can connect or can't connect, and how some of the emotional connections mm-hmm. uh, don't don't appear the same to us, at least as teachers, it doesn't seem like they're oh, connecting to us, right? But then, but then I read what they write, or I um, hear from other students that they've talked to about the connection they actually made uh-huh. so it, it it seems like they're not connecting but I, but they are yeah. <laughs> um if that makes any sense yeah um and i think getting them outside actually really helps I mean, right. If 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 all the teaching is also technological then there's you know they need that opportunity they need the excuse oh my teacher made me go outside my, <laughs> right. my teacher's making me my teacher's making me grow a garden and then they can be excited about it, <laughs> yeah. without losing without losing their their street cred or whatever it is. Yeah, you
0: know. exactly, exactly. So have you you teach a lot of students, right?
2: I do. I have about a hundred students uh, a year.
0: Every, every semester, right?
2: Every semester, yes, that's true. Every every semester, about yeah. just under a hundred students. Yeah.
0: So you, and you're having to kind of navigate them from sitting in the classroom. To getting them out into the garden. What's the first day in the garden like?
2: I actually, <laughs> I I've changed it a few times, and I'm considering changing it one more time. But I I make it it's it's very well it's very organized. So uh-huh. they get to go outside and look to see um, what's still growing there from last semester. So mm-hmm. the students from last semester leave them a little map, and they, they have to go out and find find their garden and and, uh, oh, and see if they can locate nice. any of the plants that were planted before. Oh. Um, Go ahead. Wow, I'm excited. So about, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So they spend some time and they have to identify: is this is this something to eat or is this a weed or what ah. is this? And, um, and then they they map out that little area and then um, decide how much space they have to plant or whether they need to do some weeding and and then they plant that same day.
0: Oh, nice. So you're connecting one and what I got so excited about a moment ago there is you're mm-hmm. connecting one semester to the next.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and you'd be surprised some students take ownership right away. they're like, "Oh, now those are my carrots, And, and some students are like, "Oh no, those are the carrots from last semester, uh-huh. but they're in your garden. Wow. <laughs> so I have to remind them to to take ownership of them. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's a beautiful way of doing it, because often in a school situation, uh, when they aren't connected from semester to semester like that, the, you know the garden, you know you, you lose the history. So really what you're doing yeah. is you're having your students share the history. Uh, of their time there with the next semester. Yes. Wow. How cool is that? So Thanks. W- why do you do the education the way that you do it?
2: Well, I guess like I was saying before, if, if you're not connected to what's right outside your door, I mean, there's there's lots to see and do and, and, and experience just outside. I, I, a part of my doctorate I worked with an urban ecology program the ecology explorers with urban ecology in, in the schools. And it really helped me see how important it is to to get kids outside to look at the birds mm-hmm. and to look at the insects. And And I thought, you know, if this is good for school-age kids, it's it's good for college kids. I mean, if they haven't had that experience before, it's a great time to introduce it. If they have had that experience before, they're going to be receptive to it and, and open to it, to doing it again. uh uh-huh. So yeah, I just—if you're not connected to it, how do you love it? Right? Yeah. How do you love something if you don't if you don't know anything about it or or don't have any interest in it or any any connection to yeah, it? Yeah, so. exactly.
0: So it's really—and if you
2: don't love it, if you don't love it, how are you gonna? Why are you gonna take care of it?
0: Right. Oh yeah, there is that too. There is yeah. that too because I, I suspect you find because the community garden's right out in the middle of campus, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah so right I sus- on the edge of campus, I
0: yeah. suspect you find that the students are. Taking some protective ownership of the space, I would bet. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I have one student. <laughs> it, it, the way I see it, it's a community garden. It's it's really on the street. It's on right on Eleventh Avenue. Uh-huh. And so if somebody walks by and is hungry and can identify the food there, they can have it. But um, yeah, I have one student who gets really, really protective of it currently, and uh, yeah, she gets really angry when food disappears from the mm-hmm. garden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Only because you know she's worked hard. Right. She exactly. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can. Yeah. I got a peach tree that sits on the front curb, and you know when the peaches disappear, it's a bummer.
2: So yeah. I, I well, especially that. especially when people are picking them before they're ripe. Oh yeah. That really just that that really gets her really upset. Yeah. Because we're waiting for them for the right right moment to pick them, and then mm. they disappear right yeah. before they're quite quite ready. Yeah. yeah. So, can you
0: tell us how your community garden is connected to the classroom to learning, and what students are getting out of it?
2: Sure, so the garden um, is really used by two groups of people. There's the students in my in my course it's a general studies uh, science course, so you know all, all your People in multiple different majors have to take a science course. That's the that's science course I teach. And so we, we cover basic biology, things like genetics and mm. biochemistry, just the basics, basics of, of what everyone should know about biology. Um, and I feel like it really comes to life when they're in the garden. You yeah. know, when we're talking about genetics, if they're growing peas, they get to see, oh, those are the flowers. They look just like Mendel peas. Yes, those are Mendel peas. Yeah. Um, that, that's basically it. You know, when we talk about nutrition – we talk about all the different vitamins and where mm. yeah so it it brings the material to life i think the other part of the garden is also used for the garden club which is any staff or community members or students who are interested in learning about gardening they can come um and plant and uh-huh. grow and prepare the soil and all that um so it it connects So they can learn not just in the class, but students can learn even after they've left the class or before they've taken the class. Got it. They can come learn about the garden as well.
0: Exactly. And how do you integrate a class into the garden space and the garden club? Do they both have their own spaces?
2: They do. They both have each their own spaces, yeah. And
0: and that seems to work.
2: That seems to work, yeah. And the garden club also helps uh, in between semesters. Oh, right yeah to help maintain some of the the gardens before Uh before the semester starts yeah
0: yeah now i know that there's a greenhouse that sits on the space it's got to be what 10 by 20
2: yeah yeah
0: do you use that
2: Uh, we do we use it um quite a bit we have some tropical plants in there um we grow seedlings we get stuff started for the garden um there's some interesting collections students will bring plants that they find that they find interesting so yeah
0: Cool. So when did you start the garden?
2: So in uh, 2011 or Mm -hmm. 2010, um, we got uh, sort of a new garden built out. Um, Previous to that, the um, instructor who was teaching this class, her students had basically taken over (laughs) some plots of land along the building. Um, And so um, I guess the the college decided it was time to give us a proper garden space. So uh-huh. once we got the space, uh-huh. uh, I knew that the course wouldn't be using all of it. And oh, I, right. set out, I set out the call. I said, if I open a club, will people show up? And I had a good handful of people who really got into it. I mean, summertime came and they wanted to keep meeting. Are you meeting in the summer, Dr. Ortiz? Um, I wasn't planning on it, <laughs> but if you, if you guys want to meet, I guess we'll meet in the summer yeah. too. Well, Yeah.
0: And this is faculty and students.:
2: Yeah, so now it's become a, like staff and students. I have several different um, ah. just people who work on campus. Yeah. Um, who come by and, and uh, work in the garden as well. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. What's the value? So I have an, a garden at the house here, and you know, I work in the garden alone. Um, you have a community garden. Tell us about the value of that of working in, in it in community.
2: Well, I can tell you the space I've got, I would not be able to maintain by myself. The way we've, we're maintaining it, they, these students, the energy that they bring is, is huge. And that There's no way that, that this would keep going without the energy that they bring. And knowledge, so some of the uh, oh yeah community members and staff members and, and other people who come into the garden bring knowledge. Some of the students bring knowledge. We're just constantly sharing with each other um, resources. Oh you know, they'll tell me, Oh, I found a new uh m- nursery down the street mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll they'll just bring in all kinds of resources that, that I by myself it wouldn't happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us how this project is received each semester?
2: Well, I know that I, I get all kinds of compliments. Mm-hmm. So other faculty, you know, we come back to the beginning of the semester. We have a big meeting. Everybody gets together, and, and I'll get all kinds of comments on, oh, the garden looks great, mm-hmm. this, and that. And I just put it right back to my students because they, they really do all the work. Yeah. So, And every semester there's a few more students interested. We have a lot of turnover at a community college. Oh, um yeah, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, so the students aren't here more than a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that it's still going <laughs> 6 years later tells me that there's inter- there's definitely an interest and it yeah. seems like more of an interest every year. Yeah.
0: So can you tell me about one of your star students and the difference that this project has made for them?
2: Um yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a student um just recently graduated from ASU and so she finished oh, here and then wow. and then finished there as well, yeah. And um she was one of the original founding members of the garden club and just so enthusiastic. We, um, I found a way to, um, to pay her as a student worker uh, to help maintaining the garden and the greenhouse. Uh And, um, she told me that, uh, giving her that space for her to grow was just something she never expected. And she says she would not be the same without it. She's pursued an interest in, in plants and, um, and biology and gardening yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i mean i can't imagine without this opportunity there for her i don't know yeah i mean i'm sure we would have managed but um, but yeah it's been it, it was great for her definitely
0: I, I happen to know the student you're speaking of and this person is a pretty big rock star out there in doing this kind of work in the community so she's carried it past phoenix college has she not
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: What's she doing with it out in the world?
2: Honestly, uh, she's having a blast. <laughs> so I'll occasionally hear reports back of things she's doing and, yeah. and gardens she's working on. Um,
0: I get, you know, that's yeah, really I, what counts, right? She's having yeah, a blast.
2: Yeah. She's having a blast. I can't keep up. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. So I want to shift on you. Can you talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that ferry, and what you might have learned from it?
2: Hmm, that's a tough one. I can tell you about when my body failed me. How's that? About 27 years old, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, which was a tough time uh, to have it. Yeah. uh Go to a doctor and say, "Oh, you know, doctor, I'm having trouble hiking, keeping up with my friends, that sort of thing." And the mm-hmm. doctor said, I'm "Well, sorry. you might, you might need to stop hiking." And I thought, "Well, that's the worst advice I've ever heard." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, that that whole time period, I mean, I'm I'm still it's it's an ongoing thing, right? It never goes away. Uh-huh. Um it's it's a constant managing. Um but I think it's obviously made me who I am today as yeah. well. You know, you overcome you, you do what you got to do, I guess is Yeah. Um, what you... I've learned from that one.
0: Yeah. 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 So you you keep going it sounds like.
2: Right. Yeah, you just keep going. You find find ways to manage it. You find ways to keep up your spirits and, and um, yeah, find, find ways to manage it for sure.
0: Cool. What do you consider your biggest success?
2: Some of my students, I would consider my biggest success.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, This, this student we were just talking about would probably be one of my great, greatest successes. Mm -hmm. If I, if I had to pick something like that, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And being able to mentor somebody and to help them find, um, uh, Joy and a purpose, there's there's nothing like it.
0: Yeah. I, I'm finding for me as I get older, the whole notion of mentoring people is, for me, an extraordinary way to make a difference in the world, and I really like doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can only reach so many people, but the more people, you know, the people I reach, they can reach somebody else. Right, exactly. <laughs> and this it is... just multiplies and multiplies, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, this is how we can exponentially grow our reach. Right. Yeah. So what drives you?
2: Mm, that's a good question. Making a difference in, in people's lives, mm-hmm. uh, making a difference, helping them o- open their eyes to something they may not have realized mm, before. Right. Every, every day I get to do that. I get to introduce students to something they hadn't really thought about. I'm getting ready to start. We start talking about fungi um, here in in another week or so. Oh, yeah. And uh, my favorite, one of my favorite, it's just a a commentary. I have my students write about what they read in the textbook. Uh And one of my students wrote something like, uh, I had no idea that fungi were useful for anything. (laughs) And the fact that I can make that realization happen for somebody
0: is great. Yeah, well, fungi are, I mean, they're, pervasive and they're everywhere and they're very instrumental in in growing the biosystem yes
2: absolutely absolutely yeah they're an integral part of of the whole system of the whole ecosystem yeah and without them we wouldn't have we wouldn't have without them we don't have decomposition um there's um mutualistic fungi that grow within the roots of plants Mm. that help plants grow they just have really bad pr so you tend to (laughs) only hear they grow in you know people's toenails or <laughs> right
0: right exactly. well
2: um yeah, so people don't have a a good a good i a, a good um view of them so right. yeah
0: well, plus you know we eat them,
2: yeah, there's that too. in the, in, the form, <laughs> in the
0: form of mushrooms, and people don't get that either, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: one of my favorite things to do is I put wood chips around all the trees here at the urban farm. Uh, You know, the woodier, because trees love woody mulch and, you know, going and digging into that, pulling a handful out of that and having all this white fungi growing throughout the space, it's amazing to look at
2: well it it's a healthy, definitely a healthy system when you see that, yeah, my students will will find occasionally find mushrooms in the garden and freak out, "Oh, what is this? this is bad yeah, it's fine, it's good, it's right. a good thing
0: <laughs> i get- I get that all the time. People will email me and say, "Hey, I just found mushrooms in my yard. How do I kill them <laughs> yeah, you don't
2: you don't yeah, you don't so, have to yeah. so for
0: those of you listening out there, if you have mushrooms growing in your yard, yay, you're doing something right." <laughs> So I'm all about education, and I have to know, is there one book that's been influential for you in this process in your life?
2: Um. Well, it's kind of a recent book, but um, Last Child in the Woods. Have you Have you read that? I haven't. Tell us um, about it. He, so in this book, uh, Richard loves sort of – he coined this idea of the nature deficit disorder. Oh. Right? Where kids are not getting outside enough mm-hmm. and and – there's a lot of research in the book. They talk about uh, research on ADHD and um, other attention um, disorders, and, and how spending time out outdoors, just grounding yourself, mm-hmm. can be can be really useful and 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 good for 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 kids and for everybody. But it's it's a good book. It's um, it they talk a little bit about the home range of people right so like mm. if i talk, if i were to if i were to talk to my father about how far he could sort of range outside of his home mm-hmm. by himself and his range was much bigger than mine and my daughter's is much smaller than mine oh, all <laughs> right uh, so there's just sort of been a constriction in the amount of freedom that we give um our children and 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 how far we let them range Um, yeah so he talks about that in the book as well there's there's lots of great stuff in there so it's definitely influenced my view of how we behave in in our world today yeah
0: when I've started to see some research coming out that uh, the microbiology in soil Mm -hmm. is actually really good for our digestion have you seen anything on that
2: I've seen some. I saw one recently about um, mood, how the bacterial and soil oh. bacteria and soil can can uh, improve mood.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an anti. That, that's. I think we we're talking about the same thing because I was thinking. Uh, I remember reading something about you know having antidepressant qualities, properties, properties. Yeah, properties. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
0: so go stick. Good to your, get dirty. Yeah. yeah, go stick your hands in the dirt. <laughs>
2: absolutely absolutely
0: so what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners
2: enjoy enjoy being outside and share that with somebody mm-hmm. um either younger or older doesn't matter um you'd be surprised it's it's wonderful to see that sort of spark in someone else yeah. light up when they discover something or rediscover something yeah
0: yeah i have a lot get of, outside i have a lot of young people over the years that have come through the urban farm and they'll volunteer for a day or a week or a month and it's always interesting to see their trajectory as they come through and then go out into the world and what they do with it and it's that's pleasing for me
2: absolutely i agree yeah Yeah.
0: well thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with, with us today elena it's been a treat getting to chat with you
2: thank you thanks for asking me to be here
0: absolutely how can our listeners get a hold of you
2: so I'm at Phoenix College. You, you can email me, elena.ortiz at phoenixcollege.edu, or call me. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Perfect. No, that's good. Uh, email's great. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to iwanttogarden.com and you'll receive our free webinar about the 7 key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's garden to 44222 or iwanttogarden.com.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm podcast. Remember to listen 3 days a week for tips, advice and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming.